Um, so I was watching. So I was watching your little video in the queue. Mm-hmm. You were jamming out like me at the This Moment concert. Yeah, I normally do. I normally do, bro. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the WrestleWatch Podcast, where we watch a professional wrestling match uh, from years past, and we give you our thoughts as we watch it. This uh, last week we watched, pardon me, as Cass normally says, we give you our unique commentary on it. Oh, it's certainly going to be unique. Yeah. So last week we watched Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair in the wake of Ric Flair's final match. Let's not discuss that debacle. I haven't seen it, but from what I have seen, just uncomfortable. You're not missing much. Uncomfortable viewing is the way that I've heard it described a lot this week. To say the least, in the least amount of words, that's a fun way of putting it. A fine way of putting it. So, of course, before we begin, be sure to like, subscribe, give this video a thumbs up on YouTube. Of course, follow all of our social medias, Body Sam Net, Body Sam Net MMA as we revamp our Body Sam MMA stuff. A division. We have all our news, all our podcasts, great podcasts, like your this beautiful face every week on the NXT Post Show or the Accidentally Executed Podcast. Second episode should be up soon. And the Wrestle Watch Podcast with Tom. You can follow him personally at Tom Talks Be sure to do that. He does terrific work with a lot of folks in wrestling media. You so. can also follow, just making sure we get this one in, bro. You can also follow the WrestleWatch podcast on Twitter to help us pick yes, our sir. match every week. And of course, you always forget what your ad is. So at the WrestleWatch Pod. WrestleWatch Pod, you got it right this week. The one we yeah. cast is on. Yeah. And then I, I've started doing it now just to shit with him, basically. <laughs> so he's fun to mess with. Yeah. We miss you, Cass. Hopefully you'll be on this show soon. We're glad I was chatting better. I was chatting with him today. He's hoping to uh be back next week, but it's always fun to have you step in, my guy. Yeah, there's some uh the state of the site right now is a little in flux and there's some things he had to take care of today. So this was the only opportunity you got to record. Thus into Javis. Exactly. And it's always so, fun to have you step in, man. So you can follow me on Twitter at the Jameis. Today we had four choices this week. Because what, to do you want to the back, good folks in on the choices? It should have been for last week. I don't actually have the poll to hand. Do you it's my off friend? the top of my head? So I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I don't have the results. The matches you could choose were Rob Van Dam versus Jeff Hardy. For the Hardcore Championship at SummerSlam 2001. Very yep. underrated match. I'm a little disappointed Very. this match did not win. Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk, SummerSlam 2013. Another sensational match. Mm, probably Punk's best match. Bef- his last great match in WWE, in my opinion. You had Triple H 
versus Shawn Michaels in an unsanctioned match. Shawn Michaels' first match back from his back injury suffered in 1988. Yep. yep. And a steel cage match between Owen Hart and Bret Hart, and Bret Hart. from 1994, from 1994. Yep. for the WWF Championship. And the winner was, I'm sure, as you can read by the title on the YouTube video you chose to watch, Triple H and Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam 2002. I believe it had upward of 40% of the vote. Just it did. It was quite out, a high one. Just edging out Brett and Owen in the poll, which I'm yeah. disappointed it win. Which, by the way, I was quite shocked that that got so many votes. It's an amazing not, match. Don't get me wrong. I think you're underestimating the surge in popularity in Bret Hart the last True. year or so with AEW, the way CM Punk and uh, Dax Harwood, some others, have really let his influence be known. Serena yeah. Deeb's another one. But I've, I've always loved Bret Hart, so of course that's something I would choose. I'm a big Owen fan, too. But I'm also a big fan of Triple H, wearing one of my many Triple H shirts today. When I told you, you would do it, we were doing this today, you got absolutely gassed, didn't you? So I'm a big Triple H and I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan. I prefer Brett to Shawn Michaels, but... Boo! Um... I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan, of course, especially during this era. The shirt I chose to wear is actually the Triple H Screw the Rules shirt, which he, which was from 2002. I want to say that's the one that he wore. He wore during his explanation promo when he explained that he was this the one shirt, that attacked Shawn Michaels. This shirt came out right after he won the Undisputed Championship, right around the first time of the first brand split. And then he wore it for a couple months. So it might have been. It might have been. Like, I can't it, say Probably for sure. right at the end of this is when he's still using this. Yeah. Sure. So this match, for those who don't know, when Shawn Michaels got hurt during the casket match at the 1998 Royal Rumble event with The Undertaker, he was leading a faction called DX. I'm sure we all know that. Yeah. Triple H was nothing more than their lackey. Uh, was universal was yeah, universal was European champion at the time, but really hadn't seen much single success in his ten WWF tenure, outside of this King of the Ring stuff like that. Connecticut Blue Blood was not the greatest success in the world. Nah, but when he and Sean split and Triple H became the leader of DX. He went on to superstardom not too long after that mm. and became the most dominant heel in the business. When Shawn Michaels came back in 2002, people, I don't want to say it's his first match back because it's his first match back with WWE. But, but he had one at the show working. in 2000. He had actually been working since 2000 with some of the guys at his school. But also, uh, which if you don't know, his school one... included Lance Cade, Brian Danielson, Brian Kendrick. Very short-lived school. Yeah. But some names came out of that school. Yeah. Um, With Sean, this was supposed to be a one-off so his newborn son could see him wrestle. And then it snowballed from there after 
phenomenal match she had. Do you I think, think I'm curious to know what you think on this. If the 2018 match in Saudi Arabia had gone as well as this one, do you think he'd have come back for some more? Nah. I don't no. think there was ever any shot of the Saudi Arabia match going well. I don't necessarily think that's Sean's fault, but you have a man who hadn't wrestled in more or less 10 years, hadn't yeah. been full-time in 10 years, but hadn't wrestled in eight. And then you have Triple H, who was still in pretty good shape, but he got hurt. Not His tip fell off. Too long after the bell rang. And then you had The Undertaker, who had, hasn't been good since the last time he'd worked with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He'd have a I match mean, you discount in the solid. Triple H matches, but yeah. My my favorite Triple H Undertaker media match is still the first one at 17. I know that's a hot take. Ooh. But Kane hadn't been good in a minute either. You had a bunch of people who either were hurt, hadn't wrestled in a while, or hadn't been quality in a minute. That match was never going to go well. If you had put Sean, I think a tag match was the way to go with Sean. Yeah. Primarily because you don't want to give a guy who hasn't wrestled in 10 years a singles match at his age and hope it goes well. But I don't I don't think anybody needed to see DX versus Brothers of Destruction. I don't think that's a dream match built the way it was because I never I never cared to see it in the first place. In like during his second run, maybe in like 2007, 2008, maybe. Maybe. But, but not in 2018. I would have put them against FTR was still there. I would have put them against uh Harwood and Wheeler well. Dash and Dawson at the time. Yeah. I would have, because I know they would have gotten a solid match out of DX. Or you could have done something with AJ and had them found a way to make AJ work in a tag team. So it would have, you could have gotten that Sean AJ show off. Or KO Sammy. KO and Sammy would have done great work with DX. And it would have made sense. But they didn't do that, obviously. How did but we get onto this conversation? I don't think it would have ever set up another run. I think Sean seems genuinely happy. I don't know how much his body can take at this point in his life either. He doesn't like to talk about the Saudi match either. When you ask him when he last wrestled, he says 2010. Like he he's almost like men in blacked himself from with that uh do you know what I mean when I, I say would that? too. I would too. Uh Kane's match. I hate that match. Oh, I yeah, hated that match the off, moment they, I hated that match the moment they booked it. I thought there was zero chance of it going well at all. And then Kane's mask fell off. And I went, okay, this makes it all worth it. Yeah. So, I don't but know, we we that. already know Kane isn't quite a fan of masks. No, no. <laughs> But let's not go there, my friend. Shall we get should we shall we get into this match then? Yeah, um I think we have it uh lined up at this around the same time. So I, before um, we go into it, I just wanna say because we can't hear the commentary. 
JR in this match is the nuts. Jim Ross, I said it not two weeks ago. Jim Ross is the greatest commentator of all time. But the hmm. ending, I believe he goes something along the lines of a man that's Hall of Fame bound with nothing to prove. It was pride and passion prevailing. Yeah. But and even Triple H nails him with the sledgehammer. And he basically goes, You son of a B. I can you swear can on say this. it. You son of a bitch, sort of thing, doesn't he? So there's a clip that goes around of Jim Ross hating on Triple H from like 10 different shows clipped into one. Goes yeah. around on Twitter every week and it ends with Does he have no conscience? Does he have no heart? Does he have no soul? And it makes me laugh every time. And that's from the end of this match. If I'm yes. Not that's from when he hit. Well, not from the. It's from the post. That's from when he's on the stage laughing. After. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ready then? So, SummerSlam 2002. Great show. Angle Ray is an all timer match. Van Dam Benoit kill it. Uh, the tag match between Dustin and Booker and the Un Americans is actually really good. That's really Obviously, fun. They crown Brock here. Edge, Eddie, I believe, have a match on this. That's solid. They do. Like, this that is a is fun solid. show. This is a very fun show. Best SummerSlam of all time? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, but it's in the conversation. Yeah. I have to rewatch a couple of others. But it's this between is a this show. and 2013 for me. I don't think 2013 is in the conversation. I know a lot of people love SummerSlam 2013. It might have my favorite SummerSlam main event because I love that match between Danielson and Cena. Mm. That Brian Anderson has the same exact match with John Cena and Kenta, and both are great, and they're two completely different styled opponents in terms of pacing, layout, different spots they do. And I think that speaks volumes of how great Brian Anderson is. Yeah. Um, the Lesnar Punk match, which was one of their choices, was really solid. But I don't really like anything else on that show. Wyatt Kane's, uh, the yeah, tag, the mixed tag match, uh, the Cody Sandow's solid, but it's one of those things where there's a reason he was known as the three star general for years, yeah, meaning Cody. Like that, that show top to bottom just isn't that great to me. A great SummerSlam. They had a slew of really good Summer Slams. 2000 is really good. That's the match with the first. That's the show with the first TLC match. That's the show with Benoit Jericho two out of three falls. The triple threat between Angle and Rock and Triple H. Uh, Eddie China had a great mixed tag match with Trish and Val, which is really weird. That had the really cool Shane McMahon bump from the stage with Shane, with Steve Blackman. Oh, so yeah. So 2000, and 2000 is in the conversation. 2001 should also be it's in the conversation. really there's good. A, there's a good three-year stretch here with SummerSlam between 2000 and 2002. With 2001 had a really fun opener for the IC title with Edge and Lance Storm. The Van Damme-Jeff Hardy match, which was one of your options. A uh, ladder match. Jericho Rhino had a really fun match. Uh, so did Tajiri and X-Pac. Is that the and one where course, Jericho gets gored through the stage? No, that's the build-up to the match. Oh. 
The, oh, but uh, I think he gets gored and the, it goes wrong because there's a moment in the match where he can't do a lion salt. The world championship match on that show was Kurt Angle versus Steve Austin. If they didn't have that disqualification finish, which was dumb considering they put the belt on Angle two weeks later at Unforgiven anyway, that would be one of the greatest matches of all time. Be remembered as such. I think it still is. I would say in my I think a opinion, bad finish can so can sorely take away from what's an all-time match. I think that's the perfect example cuz that's a great match. That other than the Bret Hart matches, uh Survivor Series 96 is my favorite, but everybody adores the WrestleMania 13 match. Also a great match. To me, that's the best Steve Austin match. And I think Kurt Angle is a very underrated Steve Austin opponent. Yeah. I'm just thinking, mate. We've been going 20 minutes. Shall we get into this match? Yeah, let's get started. I'm just saying, best SummerSlam of all time. There's three shows in this vicinity. That yeah, can be I would agree. And so, I would... What, what time do you have queued up for our viewers? So, I'll tell you in two seconds. Uh, one, one hour 41. Okay, folks, be sure to pause us for a second so you can get it lined up. And then the moment you're done with the pause, we'll be on our way. Let's begin. Right. I love the, uh, that the pirate's more confetti. Yeah. One sec, I might just have to turn me. I also love his verse here. Probably. It's like a, it's a Bible it's a Bible verse, verse, isn't it? Yeah. Street fight, jeans, yeah or nay? Uh, it should always be jeans. Mm. Yeah, the his shirt says Philippians four thirteen, which the I don't want to go into that because that's not this kind of show. But the uh, book of Philippians four, specifically specifically verses eleven through thirteen, are the most iconic. Some of the most iconic lines of scripture you'll find. Like it's the most quoted throughout media. Uh, you ask any Southern Baptist Christian what their favorite verse is, there's about a 50% chance they're going to say that. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty well-known Bible verse, piece of scripture, which this was around the time Sean had just turned his life around. Yeah, and he just turned it around like the year before, hadn't he? Yeah, so that was he was very heavy into that, into that at the time. Just some clarification for the shirt meaning for some of our folks at home. Yeah, yeah. This might. I love his hair here. Whenever so do I. I donate, uh, he cuts it a little bit shorter by year's end, and that's about the length I like my hair at. I usually go a lot longer. Like if you ask Kylie Fuller, who's Host our Code of Honor show for Body Slam. Be sure to watch that every Monday at 3 Eastern. Mm. Where my hair was when she met me, because we met before either of us got to Body Slam. 
she can confirm my hair was past my ass. <laughs> I'm never going to have that option. So. so, I go a lot longer than that, Shawn Michaels link, but, but I do that to donate it, and then whenever I cut it again, I usually go to somewhere around that length. Fair enough. This might be my favorite Triple H. I want to, like, yeah, this is my favorite Triple H with the long hair, the water. My favorite Triple H is probably 2000. Like, beginning of 2000 during the Cactus Jack era. True. Uh, Triple H is my favorite wrestler of all time, so. Hmm. He's up there for me. I just love Triple H in general, but this is this is a great Triple H, this time period. But my least favorite era of Triple H shortly follows this. Reign of Terror? Reign of Terror. This is right around the start of Reign of Terror, but it's we're not into it enough yet for it to be an issue here. Right around... You you give it about six months after this, and he's when he's fully entrenched into the reign of terror, and it's an issue. Yeah, oh, I love what Michaels is doing here. Yeah, that's great. That's he and Eddie did that better than anybody. I remember I watched the documentary on DX. So you said jeans, yay or nay on Street Fights? One hundred percent yay. Yeah, and Sean, that's one thing. Should one detail Sean always got right? Because if you go back to his raw street fight with Edge, they both show up in street clothes. That's a really good match, by the way. That doesn't get love. Watch that off air when we're done. That's a um, really good feud that doesn't get a lot of love, in my opinion. Because it was, other than the Rumble, they really didn't do anything on pay per view. It was just big matches for Raw, and the beginning of two thousand. Three? No, because he was hurt in the beginning of 2003. It had to be 2005. Yes. Uh, Beginning Uh, of 2005. So I've reviewed this match for a YouTube channel that I used to work for. That's a great uh, plancha. And apparently, because I remember when I was doing research the first time, uh, that was a match that that moment in the match was when uh, that plancha was when Shawn Michaels was like, yeah, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of jeans and street fights. It makes it feel like it gives, it makes it feel more authentic. It makes it feel more edgy for lack of a better word, but it's a street fight. You show up in your street clothes. Yeah. I said this on Twitter during SummerSlam. I said it on Body Slam SummerSlam 2022 post show. My favorite part of the show was when Drew McIntyre cut a promo and he was I've wearing I've still not seen SummerSlam yet. Well, it's Drew McIntyre cuts a promo and he's wearing street clothes. It was like, yes, a wrestler actually owns clothing that's not part of his gear. Yeah. I love that set, the big S. I love that's my favorite yeah. SummerSlam logo too. 
Also, notice part of Sean's gear. He's in boots, but they're not wrestling boots. They're cowboy boots. Right. I wouldn't necessarily call them cowboy boots, but they're definitely more southern. Skin the cat. Love it. Nice. That's the moment in the fan you go, yep, Sean's back is okay. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, as I say, I watched the documentary, and that was the moment after oh. the fan show. Oh, he's not bleeding yet, though, is he? It's Triple H. He's going to bleed. Yeah, yeah. I know he bleeds. There are three certainties I... in life. And it's not death. It's not taxes. It's Triple H, Ric Flair, and John Moxley bleeding in every match they're in. Yeah. Like, going back to the Flair match, the all I have seen is him bleeding. Like... Oh, if Ric Flair's last match, you know there's going to be color. And what I would call the dodgy figure four, for lack of a better word, where he's basically laying down. Oh, that looks good. If this was excellently executed, which you can watch on episode two coming soon, I would slow that down to show you Triple H's footwork. But mm. I can't do that when I don't have the footage right at my just fingertips to slow down oh. on the podcast. So, but his footwork, the way he set his knee, and the way he and the way he uh, he threw him down with such authority too. And I've got to give some love to El Hebner. Combined, Sean's kind of spaz himself. Yeah, just made it look so terrific. As someone that's, this, though. yeah. And that's one thing that I will say. Uh, we were talking about JR quickly, weren't we? We may have said it on yeah. camera. We may have said it on camera, but I can't remember. We definitely said it off camera. But his reaction to every move to Michael's back in this match makes it. Oh, Jim Ross is such a great reactionary announcer, too. Oh. Hey, oh. He's John took it really well. Another guy who does that currently is Punk. Drew does it quite a bit, but it's mainly a Brett thing. Yeah, but Brett is always quarter, the front. Brett sometimes did it from behind, too. Brett did it sternum first more. But if if the opponent worked on his back, Brett would do the back. Oh, okay. So it depended on whether the opponent was working on the back or not. But that Did corner he... bump, when t- taken right, looks killer. Of course, with Brett, I've never had this confirmed. I firmly believe that the sternum bumps are what caused uh, are a big cause of his stroke. Maybe. Because there's no way that didn't take everything out of his chest every time he did it. Because those 80s rings had no give. Yeah. Early 90s, too. It was like I was on Throwback's show two weeks ago. I love Patrick. Shout out to Patrick. Ah! Shout out to Trump's him. The laid cell, like he just falls down slowly while on his palm, makes yeah. it look really good. That's a great cell. 
And we were talking course, about that's what makes Shawn Michaels so good. His cells know how to elicit the perfect amount of sympathy without mm. overdoing it, unless his opponent's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Which is another SummerSlam classic. Which I was that was gonna if we could have had five options, that was gonna be my number five. Oh, I don't like that match. I like it, but for all the wrong reasons, if you know what I mean. I can't sit and watch that match because there's no way. There's no. They don't suck me in on that match. And that's Sean's fault. As much as I much prefer Sean to Hogan. Mm. Every time Sean does that single thing in that match, I get complacent. I just start laughing. And I can't sit and enjoy that wrestling match, you know? Yeah. It's like, for me, I'm the same with Bret Hart's 2010 match against Vince McMahon. But that was an old man broken down Bret Hart not being able to do stuff. Not purposely making it a bad match. Yeah, fair enough. That match should have never happened. This is where the first blood comes in, by the way. Nice authority and kick out. See, he's bleeding. The great thing about Shawn Michaels, and there's a match with Triple H. I want to say it was against Scott Steiner. Where the camera catches him doing this. Yeah. And then. Because he always bladed up here. Because with the lines on his forehead. He had bladed up his forehead too much. That he had to go right up to the top of his scalp. To get the maximum color later on. Like by I, this time. Um, the best match where he bleeds. You can never the- tell where Sean blades. And that's what's great about Sean. Because you can kind of tell. Sometimes the Triple H's movements, and that's yeah. the type of his work. It's like there was see, for the first. Now, why would you throw the belt? Somewhere? Just keep whipping it with it. Yeah, it's that's like, a great. First... That's a great thing from Sean's match with Jericho in two thousand eight, the unsanctioned match they had, the Survivor Series one. No. Yeah, Unforgiven. Sorry, Unforgiven, because that's the show Jericho wins the title. Yeah, yeah. And in his own words, Jericho Shawn... worked with um, Cena at that Survivor Series. Didn't he, he did. He did. Yes. And then in the video package, the moment that I love is where Jericho's like, Sean's hand may have been raised, but if we look at the score, I really walked out as the victor because he's holding the big gold belt by this point. Right. Where did Michaels? Uh, Oh, yeah, he started bleeding after the chair thing, didn't he? I hate Earl Hudner. I'm in the minority there. Yeah, I love it. um, He went to the Tommy Young school of let me make this match about me. Nah, I disagree. I think it gives him more... I think it gives the match more of like a B story. And well, more he's flavor. working with Triple H here. How many times did Triple H shove Earl Hebner just to get shoved on his ass? 
Yeah. Not to mention, Earl Hebner telegraphs every... That is Earl Hebner in the room, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's Earl. So, Earl Hebner telegraphs every finish ever. If he's counting at a normal pace, the match isn't over. If he's counting... Very slowly, the match is over. When you watch enough Earl Hebner matches, you will never get drawn into a false finish because he telegraphs every match. And that's on the referee. That shouldn't be noticeable. You're, see, he just shoved Triple H. Yeah, you see, I love that. I love every the single, Every single time he officiates a Triple H match. The referee shouldn't be shoving the opponents, the participants. I disagree. It shows that he's taking charge. The referee shoved him. Why wouldn't Triple H beat the crowd out of Earl here? Because he can. Earl can't beat up Triple H. But any any halfway decent referee doesn't telegraph finishes with their cadence. He is I will totally overrated official. I will totally agree with you that he telegraphs finishes, but I do love his sort of take charge style as a referee. Fair enough. Like everybody who loves Earl Earl Hebner, Brian Hebner has the same issue. Brian Hebner called out Aubrey Edwards for a couple months ago for stuff. Brian Hebner back in this era on SmackDown would be guilty of to 10 times the degree. Yeah. I love this slow. See, I like that. Shove the referee to low blow your opponent. That's smart. That's yeah. I like that spot. I'll say that. Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm loud. I'm sorry. I get loud when I'm, I'm drawn into stuff. I'd rather you be drawn in than absolutely bored, man. Do you know what I mean? It takes... Do you have to be a very bad professional wrestler to bore me? Because I watched some very bad professional wrestling and I'm entertained by it. But this is a very good professional wrestling. <laughs> well, I was going to talk to you about the theme for next week. And I'm going to talk to Cass as well. Next week? I'm thinking bad wrestling. Like bad wrestling matches. Oh, I, I I have the perfect match for you that nobody's ever going to remember, which means it wouldn't get any votes. Okay. There's a match on Raw with Bradshaw. Oh, I know. Split, but pre-JBL. Is it a mixed tag match? Chris Bradis. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Against Chris Nowinski and I want to say Jackie Gata. Yeah, it is. It's so it's bad. Horrified. Trish Stratus, I think Trish Stratus is overrated too. She's in two of, she's in actually more than two. But the, off the top of my head, two of the worst matches I've ever seen involve Trish Stratus. What are they out of curiosity? Well, I've already named one. And Stephanie McMahon at No Way Out. What? I love that match. It's not good. Um, bad wrestling. 
Anyway, but that's the theme for next week. Let's get to this. Period cross matches. Oh, God. I'm not having this debate because I like him. <gasps> There's a lot of really bad Hogan matches during the NWO era. Yeah, I already know what I'm. I already know one that I'm picking. But you, you recommended a match to cast for the Great American Bash that would I would consider. What Taker versus the Dudley Yes, sir. Mm. Anyway, that's the thing for next week. This match is this definitely is great. Does not- any backdrop in here? Oh, low blow. Yeah. Oh, I'm still on backdrops and taking backdrops from the pedigree position. That mm. such a small thing. Them waiting an extra 25 seconds. The crowd's getting louder the longer they wait. Yeah, build that Call anticipation me. a little bit. I think the I think most wrestling today is better but they could take something like that like a lot of the spots are cool and the way they lay it out makes sense so it's not just a bunch of spots but the way the extra 15 seconds of a pause triple h is gonna start bleeding in a minute by the way would spread the pacing a lot better that's why the camera's now on triple h so he can blade yeah um, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, totally. Like, do you know who's I love... great at that though? Kenny Omega's great at that detail. I never mm-hmm. had that issue with Kenny's matches. Like the Danielson match, they spend 90 seconds before they lock up, and then the crowd just anticipates it, and then they get the loudest reaction in wrestling in the last 10 years from a lock-up. lock up. Yeah, I agree. Like. He's great at those details. He'll never get those credit because the people who like those details hate him for uh, no reason. But yeah. So back to this match. What do you think would have happened if, say, this match that had nip gone? up? That's great. The first uh, kip up back. He's oh, jumping around, and he's got that energy, and he's finally feeling that adrenaline. That's a great detail. Yeah, there's Sean delivering a backdrop. Sean's always gonna deliver that backdrop, and it's almost like it worked, sort of thing. Like the way he reacts is almost like I didn't think it was gonna work, but it worked. And then Jerry Lawler has a great line in this match. He goes, "Cubs win." Are they in Chicago here? Uh, no. Which is why I got very confused. Apparently, they're in... Oh, no, that's the garden. Yeah. That's absolutely the garden. Why did he say the Cubs? Especially in 2002. The Yankees had just gotten done being a dynasty. Yeah. And you're in Madison Square Garden. I get the Cubs win because he's swinging a chair like it's a ball bat. In the words of JR, Triple H is about to be taken to the woodshed. 
He's about to be beaten like a government mule. Yeah, He's that's better. Like going too ugly. That's better. Why did not go with that? Bad in 2002 as well. Huh? The Cubs are bad in 2002 as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. They get, they get good the next year because the next year is Alex Gonzalez's error against the Marlins. But they weren't a good team. And you're in New York. The Yankees had just finished a dynasty. Like, because they had one in 96, 98, 99, and 2000. They almost won in 2001. I just don't get why you don't reference the Yankees there. Yeah. Unless he was a Cubs fan, maybe. No, he's an Indians uh Guardians fan. I'm still getting used to the name change. My bad, y'all. Oh, yeah. He's from Cleveland. He was all in on uh, Jim Tomey. Oh, yeah. He's from Memphis. No, he's from Cleveland. He moved to Is Memphis it? as a kid. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Ooh, I need to stop yawning on the podcast. <laughs> Look, I yawn at every show I'm on because I don't sleep for days. <laughs> yeah. It's a mix of insomnia, trauma, and uh, just being busy. <laughs> Mine isn't quite that bad. Mine is literally, it's late in the day in England. <laughs> Sean pressing it there, not just slamming it up and down is also, also nice. You want to take the air out of them, leave the weight there for, for a few seconds. That's a fun little detail, dude. This is a match I watched a bunch as a kid that I have not watched in a couple of years. I this is like my used to. Oh be. yeah, slingshot. When I had like more time on my hands. And like stuff pre SummerSlam. Pre SummerSlam, I used to have like a tradition of watching this match the night before every SummerSlam. Triple H has the best slingshot, so where he's spaghetti like for a second, dazed, confused. Of course, now I'm just listing old movies from the 90s. Yeah, with Matt McConaughey. Um, even even in an old, even right, in the right, old right. games, he had a really good shot as well. Because I was playing 2008 over the over the weekend, and I kept slingshotting him with Batista, and literally he'd pop up and then fall down again. It was so funny. Um, for me, the one match I have to watch every year before SummerSlam is uh, Bret Hart Kurt Hennig, which. You can hear me break down that match on Fight for Select with Rob Wilkins on a recent edition of Retro Review. And you can also listen to Rob Wilkins on Tom Talks Rubbish YouTube channel. He's a good, yeah. great guy, good friend of both of us. Be sure to check out both of those. Can I plug something quickly, seeing as we're talking about Rob Wilkins? I just plugged it, but go ahead. No, no, no not my interview with him, bro. Be go sure ahead. if... Be sure if you want to hear me. And that Superplex is nice. Hold on. 
The way Sean let him go, so Sean could not take the impact on his back. It, that was sick. That's a detail I just caught for the first time that I've never seen anybody else do. And that's nice, a release suplex, superplex. He probably had to do it, otherwise his back would have been like, yeah. I his back's good it. to go here. Anyway. He's probably still to- a little wary of it, but. Yeah, anyway, going back to Rob Wilkins quickly. Next week, your boy is going to be on Fightful Select with him and Maggie for coexisting after Nice. That. Yes, sir. That's what we like to see. I've not worked with Maggie yet, but she's somebody I want to work with. She's she seems class. Really sweet. She's seen, my interactions with her have been solid. She seems really sweet. She's class. Like, I think I've told you this story before, haven't I? Ooh, he just introduced the steps. That Rob basically was the one that was like, yeah, I'm going to vouch for you so you can get an interview with her. Yeah. Does he drop to hold him here? Yep. I think so, yes. Nice. Douche! Did you just call me a douche? No, I just said douche, as in, like, the noise that it probably made. I mean, you wouldn't be the first one to call me that. It's weird hearing the commentary for your thing because I've turned mine right down. Oh, you can hear it slightly. I thought I thought you told me it was the volume was down enough to where you couldn't hear it. It might. No, my bad. It was mine. You can't hear mine, right? No. Ah, uh, that's all right then. Just where I can hear it well, I've got headphones on, that's all. Catch yourself, nice. It's a nice dive. I don't... I like frog splashes. I don't... I, I like the normal splash too, and I like that Sean never tried to make it a frog splash. I like also that he didn't... I know Eddie Guerrero was still alive at this point, but I like almost that he never did like the Eddie Guerrero stuff as well. Eddie Guerrero didn't really do that in 2002. Well, he didn't do the shoulder thing that everybody remembers him for. He kind of did a thing with his hands like this. Mm. But he didn't do that until the later babyface run. To the extent you're thinking of. Yeah. He works edge on this show in a fun match. Yeah. And before that match, they hated each other. Well, he didn't trust him because of his previous issues. Oh, yeah. Because I went completely blank then, man, and thought, 
why is there a ladder coming in the ring? Yeah, I have that issue with a lot of Sean Street fights too. The Vince one, I guess, makes sense. This I love need a ladder. I love the Vince one. I'll say that. Yeah, on the uh, upcoming episode of X, that's a good elbow drop. On the upcoming episode of Excellently Executed, ironically, on the elbow drop, we Ooh. used the Vince clip because well, we used. Vince and we used Kevin Nash at WrestleMania 11 for Sean because Corey's favorite is uh, Vince. I think his best elbow drops on Kevin Nash the way he gets it right, spotting the kidneys. When that airs, follow me on Twitter and you'll know what we've gotten into the finish. My friend, this isn't a super kick. Pedigree, no, and then he jackknife cover here. Jackknife cover. Wait, yep, that's it. the finish. Triple H throwing his arms around too is terrific. It feels like a struggle. And he didn't just let him do it, which would have taken away from the match. And then you've got the Fink as ring announcer as well. And then he does a stupid segment with Sable right after this, right? Yes. 2002 was a weird time. I only say yes like that because I honestly cannot remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, that second sledgehammer shot looks good. Because if you notice when Tripp's Usually rums rammed into somebody's face. He has the hammer, his hand over the end of the hammer like this. So it's really his knuckles making contact with the guy's face. Yeah. There's no protection on that second shot, which is what makes it look good. But he didn't actually hit him, you know. Yeah. So that was a fun match, my friend. Of course, Triple H has got to throw his hair back for no reason to accentuate the blood. Every time he bleeds, man, he purposely throws his hair in his face just so he can throw his head back. Why? Because the visual... He did it again! The visual of the blood. He's probably going to do it again before he's done up the ramp. As you can tell, I watch a lot of Triple H and I know what I know what his ticks are. Fair enough, my friend. Every time he bleeds, I wait for him to throw his hair back. Shabras. <laughs> Uh, did Jim Ross just call it perverse? Yep. I love him. <laughs> I love how he spit flies 
From a kiss to the gut. Oh, yeah. Both of those such hammer shots look good. Well, that was fun. I love those two, man. That was a, that's a great match. I don't think it's my favorite between them, but that's a great match. I think it might be because all my favorite because all the other ones I find a bit overblown. Uh, they got overbooked. They overbooked these two a lot. Uh, there's a match from '95 ish when Trips had just come in. Where instead of locking up at the side of the match, Sean grabs his nose. What? And it's hilarious. Um, it's on an episode of Raw. Uh, oh, it, so was, uh, it was a uh, light blue tight era Shawn Michaels. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but uh, I love the last man standing match. And I think the Armageddon match is really good, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. The only one I'm not a massive Actually, fan of. They had a really good match on an episode of Raw for the World Championship where Sean beats him. But oh, because yeah. of the way he fell into the cover, both men's shoulders were on the mat. And Eric and Bischoff, Bischoff fires him. And he fires It's, a, it's a really good match. Um, let me see if I can find a date on that real quick. I know it's December because that's that's how they tried to write Michaels off for the Christmas break. Triple H, Shawn Michaels cage match matches. Search Triple H. Oh, why did I why did I choose the most basic search? I'm gonna get all the DX hits. Let's see. Was what two thousand three? I would think. Yeah. Uh, December 29th. 29th. So they wrote them off for the new year. Um, December 29th, 2003. No, that's how they set up the Last Man Standing match. Oh, yeah. Last Man Standing is Rumble 2004 in January. And if that's December 2003, December 29th. So the last draw of December... Um, that was in San Antonio. So, the, if anybody wants to go check out that match, it has my stamp of approval. Yeah, mine too. They get uh, they get thirty minutes legit, which is mm. a lot for a TV match back in two thousand three. Mm. So, that was a fun watch. Yeah. Hopefully, I didn't go on too many tangents. I think we both do when we do this, bro. So that's why that's I think the of the show. That's why I think we need Cass because it rains us in a bit. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't be on the show with Cass here. Well, you know what I mean. Like if you ever have a week off, if I ever have a week off, and you do it with Cass and vice versa. So as you can see on the ticket on the bottom of the screen, I got so sucked into that match, I forgot to put any of the tickets down on the screen. Oops. Be sure to subscribe. We're an hour into this. Oh, well. Be sure to give this video a like. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Support 
Body Slam on Slam Chats, uh, PWTs2. Get money to help provide, continue to provide excellent content, I would hope, from folks like me. Maybe I'm not the best person to sell this. Folks like Kyle Sparks, Corey Brennan, Haley Miller, Tom from Tom Talks Rubbish, uh, Rami Hanna, who does our Finish the Fight podcast. We have a lot of great content creators. Don't let this face throw you off. So, um, you can like, subscribe. Be sure to follow us on all the socials at BodySamNet, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. No, I doubt we use that. So I, I don't, don't think so. I, I don't know. But it's there, so be sure to follow it, of course. And... Read all of our news, our editorials. We got a great news team: Brady, Corey, Rami, all do sensational work. We had an editorial come out today at the time of the recording uh, about Adam Page and the Monarch Butterfly from Haley Miller that I was editing last night, and I went, "Whoa, wonderful work!" Check that out. And of course, all of our YouTube shows, Russell Watch, but also. On his sister show, in a way, the Excellently Executed Podcast, where no. I and Corey Brennan break down rest, different wrestling clips. Uh, we have the Code of Honor Podcast every Monday at 3. Kyle, Kyle does a great job with that. Of course, we also have the Jabronis. We have Pro Roundtable. All of the, those boys do great work every, every week for our Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown post shows. We have Throwback and myself on the NXT post show. We have Indeed with Mike Hamley and Righteous Reg of Grapsy. We we have so much more beyond that as well. Oh, shout out to Mike Hamley, by the way, while I remember. What? Shout out to Mike Hamley while I remember. Yes, sir, Mike Hamley's a boy. He's made me one of these overlays for Tom Talks Rubbish, basically. Nice. And he's updated my logo because I got conned by a designer. Well, we've got got 59, we're 59 minutes in. Any quick plugs? No, just as usual, make sure you follow the WrestleWatch podcast on Twitter to help us pick our match for next week. Follow me on Twitter at TomTalksRubbish and subscribe to my YouTube channel, TomTalksRubbish, for interviews with some of the greats in wrestling media. Basically, as I always say, I like to Thanks. learn from great people. I've not been on it to... yet. Thanks. We're going to do it soon. Come on, man. Anyway, as I always say, I like to learn from the greats in wrestling media, and hopefully you will learn something too. And thanks for another great show, my friend. Of course. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at the Jameis. Like, subscribe to Body Sam's YouTube channel. Whole nine yards. It's a whole ordeal. Ooh. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Adios.